We're beginning week three of our podcast we're calling You Promised. We're looking at the promises of God at Advent, at the first coming of Jesus. And that's what that word Advent means. It means coming. It's Monday, December 13th. And the theme for this week is God's promise of peace. And as we considered on Sunday, the way of peace we do not know. This is what the prophets reminded the people of frequently. Yes, we've labored hard to bring peace, but it remains just out of reach. Maybe we've settled for a truce, but true peace and reconciliation, that has not come about. Human efforts of peace, even though they may fall short, encourage us because they reveal our hope and our longing. We desire peace because God created us for peace. Now here's our text for today. Luke chapter 2, verse 11 to 14. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now here in the announcement of the heavenly host, we find the echo of God's promise to bring peace to our world, to humankind. Now when we read of this peace, we need to step back to get a greater view of it. We think of peace as an end to strife, and in part, that's what it is. The dictionary definition of peace is the normal, non-warring condition of a nation, a group of nations, or the world. But the biblical definition of peace is far more comprehensive and robust. The Hebrew word is shalom. It indeed includes a ceasing from war, but the word shalom describes the condition when human beings as, as are as they are supposed to be, in their proper order. A good word picture would be a broken limb when it's fully mended and restored. Not only has the break been healed, but it's restored to strength and it's of use again. It is this sort of wholeness and order that is needed in our world. It involves an ending of of violence, for sure, but also an establishment of community where justice reigns. Here is what one rabbi said about God. That is why God is called peace, because it is he who binds the world together and orders all things according to their particular character and posture. He's right. God gave order to the world in the beginning. God made everything in the condition of peace, shalom, and in him alone is true peace to be found for our world. We lack peace because human beings have turned away from God. The result was and remains disorder, fear, and insecurity for humankind. This is the cause of strife and division. And shalom, this full peace, can only be found in the Lord. Now this doesn't discount our efforts for peacemaking around the world. Instead it shows us that our efforts will always in the end fall short or they'll have an expiration date. For example, 
How many times has peace been brokered in the Middle East? And yet today there still remains no peace. Now as we look at our text for today, we want to remember the comprehensive nature of the peace of Jesus. We've been talking about peace between nations. But the peace of Jesus begins with each human being. Our national problems stem from our personal problem with peace. Without fellowship with God, we feel vulnerable. We feel exposed, like we're always in danger. We feel exposed to the dangers in the world, things that are beyond our control. We desire significance and security. But who has the power to move the levers of our world? Only God does. And so without God, we have no guarantees. There's no safety net. We can either try to find peace by denying our fears and denying the difficulty of life, or by seeking to control the world around us. Now, of course, the first response, denial, is dishonest. And in the end, it's not helpful. We have to face the realities of life. We cannot avoid them. But the second response of control is impossible. It is this that leads us to fear and division and conflict. This is why we do not know peace. But what if there is one that does control our world? One that assures us of love and care? One that promises to protect us even when the worst comes? Then we can have a security. A security greater than all of it. We can have peace even when the world is falling apart. I love the message of this psalm. It's Psalm 46 that talks about God being our refuge. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Yes, the very earth may quake, the mountains may be moved, but God is our help. We don't need to be afraid. Our heart can be at peace. All is calm. All is bright. Because we know that the Lord is in control. Now notice the song doesn't make a promise that our world will not quake. Or even that the earth itself will not shake. No, what it promises is the refuge of God no matter what. And this is peace. Let's pray. Lord God, with you there is peace in the storm. We live feeling insecure. We don't know where history is going and we don't know where our, our very lives are going. We plan, but see how plans change. But you are God, the same yesterday, today, and forever. You hold the world in your hand and our lives as well. Thank you that in Jesus you show us the extent of your love. Enable us to live in your peace today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.